My name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here at King's Church and I lead the team. And it's great, as Santino said, to have so many uh, uh, of you with us today as we celebrate Easter. My intention this morning um, is to be shorter than normal. So that's a, that's a plus point. Oi, oi, who is that out there? You're throwing me now. No, I'm not. No. My attention is to be shorter than normal. Um, and we, I, wanna, I want to spend time this morning looking at the heart of the Christian message. What is at the very centre of what we would believe as a church? Or what's at the very heart of what a Christian believes? So I think it's very important that we look at that. And I think there's a bit of a, a secret is given away there if you look at the flyer. And uh, I know it's not the easiest one to read, but it says, Third day, Jesus, the man who came back from the dead. And we, we as Christians, we as a church, believe in something that is actually quite hard to understand. It's quite hard to actually grasp and believe that there was a man called Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago. I'm going to look at this in a bit more detail later. But that he died, and then three days later, he rose again from the dead. And I thought, as way of introduction, it sort of settles me down a little bit, and uh, it, it lets you settle down as well. A bit. I thought I'd have a look, and I'd do a Google search on back from the dead, and see what comes up. Most of the hits came from the Sun newspaper, okay? But let me read some of the headlines that I, I got from the Sun. The first one is this, Ricky puts the funeral on ice. Do any of you recognise him? Do any of you watch Strictly Come Dancing? Oh, we should recognise him. This is um, Ricky Whittle's Back from the Dead, to star in Strictly Come Dancing's Christmas Day special. So, so that was the first hit I got. The second one, and I'm sure, any of you support football? Any of you like football? Oh dear, I'm gonna go, I think I'm going to go home. Oh dear. Any, any Cheltenham fans here? Where? He's here. <laughs> Burton 5, Cheltenham 6. Michael Pook. Pook. <laughs> toasted his first ever hat trick with the bosses, and I can't read this word, still ringing in his ears after Cheltenham came back from the dead. I think they were 5-1 down at half-time, and they came down to win 6-1. And this gentleman here scored a hat-trick in the second half. Back from the dead. Um, obviously, when we're talking about someone coming back from the dead, we're not quite talking in that term. Here's a more serious one that uh, also came, uh, well, came from the Sun newspaper, but it's a serious one. Brave teen stuns docks with recovery. You could tell that, couldn't you, even from the headline. Brave teen, teen stuns docks with recovery. After medics feared he was brain dead. This young man in the middle here, I think, was in a terrible accident. Um, he was rushed to hospital. And I think when they did tests and things, there was no, um, active, no brain activity. So his heart was still pumping and things like that. But there was no brain activity. They turned the ventilator off to um, see if that helped sort of stimulate, uh, stimulate him back to life, but it didn't. Um, so they turned it back on again. I think his family then came in to say their goodbyes, and as they turned the ventilator off a second time, he suddenly sparked back to life and has made, um, as you can see here, a very good recovery. There's a young man, and the title was He Came Back from the Dead. Again, I'm not certain that you would say he was totally dead, 
Um, he certainly wasn't very healthy. Um, that wasn't supposed to be a joke. <laughs> but it's good, isn't it? I mean, I like stories like that, where you hear of, of really terrible... Oh, it's gone. But of terrible situations and how there's a turnaround at the last moment. Let me pose a question to you just at the start of what I'm talking about. I want to ask you a question. Do you think it's possible for people to come back from the dead? Do you think it is possible? I mean, obviously you know where I'm going to come from, so there's no secrets there, but do you think it is possible for someone to come back from the dead? When they're proper dead-like. You know, really proper dead. You know, they've been dead, maybe in mortuary, or... Do you think it's possible? Because obviously in, in the setting, in the modern sort of Western world... Things like that don't happen, do they? You know, your heart could stop, and they may get it going again. That's not coming back from the dead, properly like. Do you like my Oxford English I'm using here? Because really the whole heart of the gospel message is that there is a man who properly died, and he came back from the dead after three days. I'm going to read a bit of the Bible to you. It was a letter written to a church at Corinth, that's in modern day Greece. And the writer's a guy called Paul. And this is what he says. The words are going to come up behind me. And that's what, this is what I'm going to speak from a little bit this morning. Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. This message that I proclaimed and that you made your own. This message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved. I'm assuming now that your belief was a real thing and not a passing fancy and that you're in this for good and holding fast. The first thing I did was place before you what was placed so emphatically before me that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, he died for our sins. Exactly as the scripture tells it or the Bible tells it. That he was buried that he was raised from death on the third day. Again, exactly as scripture says, that he presented himself alive to Peter, then to his closest followers, and later to more than 500 of his followers, all at the same time. Most of them still around, although a few have since died. That he then spent time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him, and finally presented himself alive to me. It was fitting that I bring up the rear. I don't deserve to be included in that inner circle, as you well know, having spent all those early years trying my best to stamp God's church right out of existence. This letter was written to the church at Corinth. It was written to a group of people at Corinth. And the guy that wrote it, this guy called Paul, spent his early years trying to destroy the church. He aggressively went after the church to try and take it apart. And yet he encountered, he says here, doesn't it? He encountered the risen Lord Jesus. And his life was changed. And then verse 10 just says this. But because God was so gracious, so very gracious, here I am. And I think there's that sense in, whenever you speak to someone who has encountered Jesus, we we come to realise that it's not on the basis of our good performance or because we're particularly gifted or talented people. Because if you've met many of us, you'll realise that is not the case. But it's because God was so gracious, so very gracious to us, that we've understood about Jesus and we've been able to accept that message. 
Now this, this letter, because it was written 2,000 years ago, so you may say, well, what relevance has it got to, uh, to us? Well, let me describe the people, just take a second to describe the people who received this letter. Because I think this letter is just fine for us. Because they are people just like us. It was written to a group of people whose relationships weren't always 100% good. In actual fact, in some cases, their relationships with one another were a complete mess. Parents weren't doing so well with kids, and kids weren't doing so well with parents. I know some of us out there would maybe say, cool, I can relate with that. There was a bit of arguing going on, and this is in the church. They weren't very prim and proper, you see. They were even got to the point where they took each other to court to settle their disputes. There were people sleeping with um, each other um, in, in, in sort of a destructive fashion. They weren't, it, wasn't, it wasn't relationships that were building each other up, and, and it wasn't sort of giving, giving, your, giving yourself for the other's benefit, but actually it was just in it for their own pleasure and their own thing. There was envy, and there was a bit of greediness as well. Now, not one person had all of that, but there was that sort of stuff mixed into the church, and I guess if any of us really had a bit of a think, we could probably say, oh, I may struggle a little bit in this area, or I may struggle a bit in that area. That's, that's the sort of nature of people, isn't it? Because we're not perfect. We haven't, we haven't got it all together. And yet it was, this, it was to this type of people that this letter was written, because within the gospel, because within the good news about Jesus, there is hope for change, and there is hope for help, and moving forward. You'll also notice from what I read out that Paul makes some pretty major claims in here as well, directly linked to this man Jesus who came back from the dead. And this is what I just want to work my way through. I've got three very simple points that I would like to make and explain what this passage is about. The first one, first thing I just want to emphasise is this, that Jesus died. It says that the Messiah, Jesus, died for our sins, exactly as Scripture tells us, and that he was buried. Now, you may say, well, that's not very special because everyone dies, don't they, at some point. And then following death, you get buried. But the reason I wanted to emphasise this as a first point is because when Paul wrote this letter and the people he was writing to believed that he had died, but they also believed that Jesus had lived. They believed that Jesus had existed. Actually, he'd only existed probably 20 or 30 years before this letter was written to the church. You may say, well, 2,000 years ago, how can we know if Jesus really existed? Well, we probably haven't got time to really unpack that in depth. Only to say that I think most classical historians believe that there was a man, Jesus Christ, who lived. Most Bible scholars would believe that Jesus Christ really did exist. They may not believe everything that was said about him, but most people would say that that is the case. You could probably put it up there along the lines of, the Battle of Hastings, have any of you heard of that? Yeah? There's probably about as much proof that Jesus existed as that the Battle of Hastings actually occurred. Or Julius Caesar, you've heard of him? Oh, not, yeah, a few of you have. Again, you can probably put it in there that, that there is about as much evidence for both of those things actually occurring. So it's pretty much up there. There's quite a lot of manuscript evidence. There's quite a lot of solid stuff you can build your decision-making on that Jesus as a man existed. 
So what do we know about Jesus? What can we say um, with, with a degree of certainty about him? Well, we can say that Jesus lived for probably about 30 or 35 years. He said or he claimed that he was from God. He actually said he was the Messiah. He was the saviour of the world. That's what he claimed. I'm the way, the truth and the life. The Bible says that he healed people who were sick. Wasn't it good to hear Lisa's story? How God only a few months ago healed her and now something that she'd been struggling with for years and years, she's been healed, not suffered since. He helped the poor, he defended the rights of the underclass of the day and he preached the good news. He preached about something that had changed, that there was one who had come to restore a broken relationship. We know that his life ended when he was crucified. Prematurely his life ended. He was crucified, he was nailed to a wooden cross. Big nails going through his wrists and through his feet. It followed a sham trial. There was no evidence, there was no reason really that he should have died. And Jesus hung on the cross for about six hours and then he died. It says that in the Bible in Mark 15. It then says that he was buried in a tomb and a big stone was rolled over the entrance to the tomb. It was so big that probably just you know, a couple of people would struggle to move it out of the way. We know that because when three ladies were going in the following days to uh, see Jesus' body, the conversation they had was, how are we going to move this stone? We don't know quite how we're going to move it. There was a seal put on the stone or on the entrance to the tomb, and soldiers were posted there to guard it, because the authorities of the day didn't want Jesus' body to be stolen, and then for his followers to say, hey, he's risen from the dead. So they actually even posted guards to stop that occurring. These facts are pretty, pretty sound. I can say them with a degree of confidence. It's not in the realm of the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, to be relevant for today, or Father Christmas. You know, sometimes we can think of that, can't we? Oh, Jesus is a nice story. We hear a little bit about him at Christmas, we hear a bit about him at Easter, and, but we hear about Father Christmas and the, you know, and the Easter bunny as well. No. No. The evidence points much more firmly to his existence and his life and what he got up to. Even historians of the day who didn't believe the Christian message still reported that there was this man, Jesus, who went around preaching, doing good, that he died at the hands of the Romans. These, these things are pretty sound. But it leads me to my next question, which is much more contentious. And the reason it's contentious is, is it possible for someone to come back from the dead? Is it possible that this man Jesus who existed, is it possible that he did die, but three days later he rose again from the dead? The songs that we've been singing about in the first half an hour of us meeting together, is it possible that the truth contained within that is actually true? Because obviously our, our worldview, you know, in Western culture is miracles don't happen. People can't come back from the dead. But, the, I nearly tripped over that. But the reality of it is that, that if Jesus did not come back from the dead, then there is no hope in the Christian message. We're not people that just come together as Christians and we sort of believe what the Bible says and generally we smile, although not always, especially early in the morning. And, you know, we do our best to be kind and nice that's not, that's not the Christian message. The Christian message is that Jesus lived, that he died on the cross, and that he rose again. And as Christians, our hope is in the fact that he rose from the dead. 
And so if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we're without hope. And this is all a waste of time. And that's why I want to place before you this important question. Did Jesus Christ rise from the dead? I believe, and I think I'm no historian, but most historians would say Jesus existed. The question then arises is, is what he said about himself true? And is what the Bible says about him true, that he then rose from the dead? Because of the glorious power of the Father at work in him. It's hard to believe, isn't it? For some of us here, we sort of just believe it. But if this is the first time in here, first time maybe you've heard anything like it, you're saying, I just, I can't get my head around that. A man came back from the dead, but it's the centre of what we believe. Jesus lived, he died for our sins, he was buried, and then he, he was raised on the third day, according to the Bible, but also... And the reason I picked this passage is because it's also according to witnesses as well. And that's what I want to pick up here. It says this, that he was raised from death on the third day. Again, exactly as the Bible says, that he presented himself alive to Peter, who was one of his close friends, then to his closest followers, later to more than 500 of his followers, all at the same time. Most of them still around, although a few have since died. So that was when this letter was written. And then he spent time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him. And finally, he presented himself alive to me. Jesus appearing to 500 people all at one time is pretty compelling stuff, isn't it? So have a look around this auditorium at the moment. Just have a look around. Don't worry, if people see you looking at each other, don't worry. I've asked you to do it. There's not 500 people here. Maybe 300, 350 maybe touching 400, but there aren't 500 people here. And yet there were 500. 500 who saw Jesus. After he'd been crucified, after he'd been put in a tomb for three days, after he had been raised from the dead, there were over 500 witnesses. Paul tells the people when he wrote this letter, he tells the church at Corinth, there are lots of credible witnesses to the things that I'm communicating to you today. This is not without evidence. In actual fact, if you come to Jerusalem with me, I'll introduce you to people who saw that Jesus had risen from the dead. So when this letter was written, come, come on, we'll head off to Jerusalem. Now, I can't do it now because they have now since died. But when this was written, when this was written, he could have done that. He could have introduced people to, uh, introduced those to people who had encountered Jesus. I met him even myself, Paul said. And the whole basis, isn't it, the whole basis that we work on deciding if something is true or false is on the basis of evidence and witnesses. Yeah? Think that's fair enough? And in, in a court of law, I would imagine, what, one or two witnesses is enough to prove, prove the evidence is, is the case? You know, if I'm driving along the ridge, 75 miles an hour, and Richard... And Santino, they see, see me, they've got their speed cameras with me. And they clocked me doing 75 miles an hour. So we stood up in front of the court. No, I wasn't doing 75 miles an hour, it's about 28 and a half miles an hour. I might have touched 31 or 32, but there's no way I was doing 75 miles an hour around that corner at St. Helens Church. Couldn't possibly have been doing it. But San and Richard stand up in court and say, no, we saw him. He was doing that. 
evidence. One or two witnesses, enough to prove whether a case is true or false. Jesus, over 500 witnesses, saw him walking around after he had been crucified. The Romans crucified him, they knew how to kill people. They were good at that. There was no way he just fainted. There was no way he just passed out for a little bit and then came back. He was dead. They made sure he was dead. They would not have taken him down from the cross if he hadn't been dead. But then he appeared to more people than there are in this auditorium today, who said, we saw him alive. We saw he has risen from the dead. This is pretty compelling evidence. And it's not just that. Today you heard some evidence from two people. Lucy, who said, I met with Jesus, and my life's different now. Ask my mum and dad. They can tell you my life is different. Lisa, not only words spoken, but healing of a shoulder that had been wrong for, for, for years and years. Now this Jesus. He has risen from the dead because he's still working in people's lives today. He's still having an effect. You may say, well, no, they haven't met Jesus. They, they haven't met him face to face, Paul. You're not telling me they met physically with Jesus. I say, no, they haven't. Do you believe the wind exists? Oh, dear, I could be on dodgy ground here. Do you believe the wind exists? Yeah? I believe it exists. I can't see it. I can't see it. I went to... Um, I went to Berlin midweek, and uh, you know, I don't know if you can remember back, but at four in the morning on that Wednesday morning, it was very stormy. And as we drove to Gatwick Airport, there were branches down, and there were leaves, and there was rain pouring down. You could feel the wind. As we took off from Gatwick Airport, I felt, not internal wind, I felt the wind on the outside of the plane as it bounced through the clouds, and I hung on. I'm not a good flyer anyway. As I hung on to the people next to me, I know them very well now. <laughs> I, I can't see the wind, but I know it exists, because it has effect on what it comes in contact with. And in the same way, I've not physically encountered Jesus Christ, but I know he exists, because I've seen the effect on people's lives here and there. There are probably over 300 people here today who say, guess what, I've encountered Jesus Christ, and he's changed my life. I can see the effect. And as a pastor in this church, I see the effect of transformed lives. Transformed, totally different lives. Because Jesus has got hold of them. Jesus came, he lived, and he died on a cross. And he was raised again, and it, it happened for a purpose. The Bible is an account of how God has been restoring broken relationships with himself. That's what it's about from start to finish. It's a story of how God is interested in people and how he's been looking and bringing this salvation story of how he's, he's been restoring lives to himself. Relationship, our relationship with God was broken because of um, our self-centeredness, but it was restored. Jesus died on the cross, not because of some tragic accident, but because it was part of God's plan to restore mankind to himself. Jesus died on the cross and rose again because he's interested in you. Because he's not happy just for us to live our own way. He's interested, he wants a relationship with you. 
He's so interested in you that he sent his son to die and do what we are unable to do in ourselves. Restore that relationship. I want to declare to you today that there is a God and he loves you very, very much. But he can't leave our messy lives as they are. He sent his son to take our sin on himself to pay the price for the things that we've got wrong, that we might have a relationship restored with God. That we might be able to come back into relationship. See, Christianity is not about doing things right or living a certain way. It's about a relationship with God because there is a God in heaven who is passionate for you. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die and then he rose again that that relationship might be restored. He is for you. Jesus came, he lived, he died, he was buried and he rose again. That this relationship might be restored. This is the heart of the Christian message. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we have no hope. But hallelujah, he did rise from the dead. And therefore we've got every hope. Change, transform lives. Set right with God. Set right with each other. We're not perfect by any means. But we know a very gracious God who acts on our behalf, changing lives and moving powerfully. He is our hope. Every broken relationship, every shattered life, every divided family is a very sad reflection of mankind's broken relationship with God. But what I'm saying today is God came to turn all that around. He came to change it around that we can have hope and that we can know the God who made us and formed us. Jesus Christ died for purpose. It wasn't a tragic accident. He died for our sins. And Jesus came back from the dead to show that God is stronger than the problems that we are facing today. He came back from the dead, proclaims that what Jesus said about himself is true. If he'd stayed in the grave, then everything he said about himself, well, what relevance has it got? It's probably not true. But he came back from the the dead. That validates what he said. It validates the things. And if you've never really read much about Jesus, let me encourage you. Go over to um, the information desk at the end. Ask for a Bible. I don't know where we'll find them, but we will find you a Bible. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. You don't have to read them all. We'll start with one of them. It talks about who Jesus is and what he did. Find out what he said about himself. It will change your life. There is hope for everyone, for anyone who puts their trust in Christ. Let me ask you a question just as I close and then we're going to sing another song. Could what I'm saying be true? Could it? Now, I know many of you are already convinced that what I'm saying is true. But I know there are a number of you here today who'd be very sceptical about the things I'm saying. But could it be true? Is there a chance? Well, I think it's safe to say it's pretty certain he did exist, Jesus, and he did some pretty remarkable things. But is it possible that he came back from the dead? Is it possible he did that because he loves you and is interested in you? And if it is possible, then wouldn't it be right to at least explore that possibility? 
And I reckon that if you're interested in exploring that possibility, I think you've got three choices this morning, three options. Let me encourage you, I think, explore the Christian faith. Explore it. Because if what I'm saying is true, you can't afford not to explore it. It's too important, it's too big. The God who made it all is interested in a relationship with you. How can you not explore it? I think you've got three options. The first one is if a friend brought you along today, you can just ask them and say, please tell me a bit more about what you believe. So first option, if you want to find out more about this Jesus, you can just ask the person who brought you. If you came on your own you don't know anyone, you could ask the person next to you. That would put me in the spot. You could just say, hey, can you tell me? And if they don't know anything about Jesus, you'll have to go on to the next person. So you could ask the person who brought you. The other option is you can come and find me or Santina at the end of the meeting. I'm going to be over in the welcome area having a cup of coffee. I'd love to meet you. Come and ask me. Do you really believe this stuff you're talking about? I'd be very happy to chat with you at the end. Well, the last option, and you could do, actually you could do all three. Talk to a friend, come talk to me. And the last one is that I'd love to recommend to you very strongly, very warmly, is that we've got an alpha course starting in four weeks' time. Now, an Alpha course is just an introduction to the Christian message. It really will expand the things I've been talking about today. And the great thing is, whereas today there isn't a meal involved, at an Alpha course there is a lot of food involved. So you get to come along, you get to come and hear more about Christianity, you get to eat lots of good food, and you get to ask any question that you want. And we may not be able to answer it, but we'll give it our best shot to explain what we believe and why we believe those things. So the Alpha course starts on the 5th of May, which is a Wednesday evening. And the first evening is going to be above Mr Bean's in the town centre. So do you know where that is? And if you'd like to do the Alpha course, you can sign up at the information desk. You just need to say, I'd like to come. And we give you a ticket to come along and hear more about this Jesus that I've been talking about. So you've got three options. You can talk to your neighbour next year. You can come and find me or Santina at the end of the meeting. Or you could consider doing an Alpha course. It's great. The food's very, very good. And the people on it aren't too bad either. If there's a chance that what I'm saying is true, shouldn't you explore it? If I can invite the band back up, we're going to uh, finish by singing a cracking hymn. If you'd uh, like to stand as well, what I'd like to do is pray. As I finish. Lord God, I thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. Lord, I thank you as a church. We actually celebrate Easter every single day. We celebrate the fact that you have risen from the dead that you've changed lives. So that's, that's the business you're in. Putting lives back for the better. I pray, Holy Spirit, would you be very um, much with us as you have been this morning. Lord, I pray for those searching hearts out there right now who are saying, could this be true? I ask you, Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal Jesus to them? I pray, would you help them to make sense of all that they've seen, all they've heard, all they've experienced today. Lord, I ask you, there would be many here today 
who enjoy that wonderful relationship with you that, that I enjoy, and Lisa and Lucy enjoy, and so many do enjoy. We thank you for your grace and your goodness. Would you bless us and be with us? We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. As we finish at the end, if you are sick or would like prayer for healing, please do come to the front because we'd like to pray for you for that as well. Because we do believe that God wants to heal people today.